Welcome back to another episode of the Project Warman podcast, where I, Connor Warman, have conversations with people from all walks of life about life and adventure. I'm interested in the projects other people are working towards and what pushes them to do what they do on a daily basis. What drives them? Why do they do what they do in the first place? What keeps them going? What are their big dreams and ambitions? I like to dig in and hear it all. I think that it's important to always do what sets your world on fire, and on this podcast, I dig in and talk to people about just that. Today, I bring Athena Perez onto the show. Athena is someone that I met recently at a Diesel Day event at the Crooked Butterfly Ranch. I was so inspired by her and so happy to see her there participating and doing this event that I decided to reach out and invite her onto the show. Athena is the owner of Scaled Nation CrossFit, author of Lifting the Weight, that is W-A-I-T, a community advocate and CrossFit DEI council member. This story is inspiring, along with many twists and turns along the way. As always, I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Athena, what's going on? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. good. I'm I'm super excited to be here. It's yeah, nice to it's to nice talk to talk to you again. To you again. Yeah. I know. It's actually been a while. It's almost been a month now. Can you believe it's been that long it's already? Crazy. I was just looking at the calendar this morning. I was like, holy crap. Like that was the fourth of July. I know. And it's about to be August. I know. It feels it's like so it crazy. was just like a week or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. So you were out here for a reason. Mm-hmm. What made you come out here? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out how to sum this up. Um, so funny thing. Um, when I signed up for diesel days, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the first time I'd heard about it. Um, I, I feel like I'd heard about it for a little while. Um, but I was hesitant um, because I, I honestly didn't believe it was something that I would ever be able to do. Like it was so far out of my peripheral that it wasn't even something I was considering. But for whatever reason, a a friend of mine had sent me the link and they said, you know, Athena, I I don't know if this is something that you would ever do, but you should read the description. Like, have you ever actually read the description on the site about what it's about? Like, you could probably totally do this. I was like, whatever. (laughs) So, (laughs) but then of course, you know, I read the description and I was like, I have no idea what this is, but this sounds like something I need for me. Uh, and of course I was scared. I reached out and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to tell me that, you know, maybe I should be fitter. Maybe I should, you know, maybe they're concerned about, you know, only being a year out from surgeries. Like maybe this is too risky for them. I, I didn't know what was going to come back, but basically you're like, well, you want to do it? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm in. Um, I'll tell you why I signed up. I I feel like I signed up because I felt really stuck. Um, I think that it, I think it had more to do with where I was coming from. Um, I felt like I was in recovery and um, coming out of the double knee replacements was, I mean, it was just a horrible two years. And I felt like I was stuck because I was always trying to be so careful about what I did, always trying to be very cautious about 
um, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. And I think something resonated in that description when it talked about all these limitations that we put on ourselves. And I think I had, you know, a real come to Jesus meeting when I read it, like, uh, am I actually not able to do these things or am I telling myself that I can't? And I think there was a certain part of that, that I just kind of wanted to get to the bottom of like, am I doing this to myself? Are the doctors saying, Hey, you can't, you shouldn't, or is this, is this all you? And um, so I think that's why I signed up. That's yeah. a, a really long window. No, that was good. Right. <laughs> but what, like what finally pushed you over the edge? Cause it's, you had a lot of objections and things why you didn't want yeah. to So what eventually yeah. pushed you over the edge? Um, I felt like I was kind of stuck in training. Um, I felt like I had finally gotten to the point where um, I was able to start doing more of the advanced things that I was doing in CrossFit before I went out. And, but I hadn't gotten to the point where, you know, like the 40 minute workouts really intimidated me. Um, I would get to that point of being uncomfortable way too quickly, I think you know, yep. 10, 15, 20 minutes into the workout, I'd be like, okay, you know, the legs have had enough. And I think I was just stuck there. And this had been going on a long time. And the right side of my head was like, Athena, you're ready to like, your, your life has been waiting for you for a while. Like it's time you're fine. And then the right side's like, Oh, they told me I shouldn't do this stuff. They told me I would never <laughs> be able to do this stuff. And, yeah. you know, so I, it was a fight. I think the thing that pushed me over the edge was um, when Tosh had written me back, um, I think he said the magic words for me. And the magic words were, um, it's all about meeting you where you're at. And I think that's what I needed to hear. I desperately needed to hear that it was going to be okay, no matter where I was. And I needed that reassurance, you know, that I probably wasn't the the typical, atypical person that might show up to an event like that, but I needed the reassurance that, okay, we've put that out on the table. Everybody knows like, okay, Athena, you're going to be okay. So yeah, those words, enabled you and gave you this kind of like mental strength or whatever, just to like finally be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they're the same words that I use just in the, in the day-to-day advocacy that I do, you know, it's all about meeting people where they're at yes. and that, I mean, it literally was the magic phrase. We're going to meet you where you're at. And I'm like, Boing. Uh-huh. okay, that's what I needed to hear. Well, it's kind of like anything really like in life, like, if you're going to jump out and do something and you're like, you're not either like, it's kind of like too much or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. you gotta like meet yourself where you're at, no matter what, Mm -hmm. if you want to really make progress and get to where you want to go. Otherwise, yeah, you're just going to wind up in a cycle of just either like failing or stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it's all about like media, meeting yourself where your expectations are big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like a, I mean, I don't know if you did this when I think, I think there's a part in all of us, of course, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I mean, I would have to believe that everybody 
is would be a little nervous about doing something like that. Like it's not just me because I had, you know, unusual circumstances or maybe I wasn't the norm. I, I would have to believe that everybody to some degree feels well, that way. For sure. Cause it, everybody like, it's expectations, right? So yeah. Yeah. Yours was like, am I going to hold up? Am I going to be able to make it? Yeah. Yeah. There's a flip side where there's a competitive side and you're like, all right, mm-hmm. you're like, I've got to go for 24 hours. I've got to do this, this, and this, and I've got to hold these mm-hmm. paces and numbers. And it's like, it's just all, it's all different to the individual, but it's all the same really to me. Like it's, it's, true, it, yeah. it goes back to meeting yourself or yeah, meeting yourself where you're at yeah, and understanding where you're at in adjusting your expectations accordingly. That was a challenge for yeah. me. But yeah, I I think I I mean you do it continually, kind of through the whole thing, right? Yeah, you have talk to talk to yourself. Yeah, you talking to yourself about hey, I don't know what you thought when you came in here, but um, you know, reset, reset, reset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Twenty four hours is not a straight sprint. You know, there's, there's highs and lows, and there's different mm-hmm. different moments, and yeah, you're never you're not gonna be feeling the same for twenty four hours. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Um, I, again, I would imagine this would probably come up more than once. Um, and it sounds really cliche when somebody says, well, what were you expecting? Well, here's the thing. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, how can you possibly, um, come to grips with like how you're going to feel 18 hours in, if that's not something you have ever done, you can't even fathom, let alone, you know, you just, you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That's a big one. You mm-hmm. don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did it feel afterwards then? So you get over the fear, you show up, you do it, uh-huh. do the yeah. whole thing. How did it feel after? Oh, man. I I felt, um, gosh. So I was, I was kind of a, a ball of emotion for like a week and a half. Um, so many lessons coming at me. Like, um, some of them were, um, super exciting, right? Like I just did something that I never thought I was going to be able to do. Holy shit. Um, and then some of, some of the other things that I walked out of there with was like, wow, um, you have a lot of work to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and then other things were, um, I think it was just like um, a a realization of just how much I tell myself, how much the voice really dictates what I do. And um, to some degree, there's a part of that that's terrifying because you believe, you believe that voice. You believe everything that you're telling yourself. Yeah. And to be able to, 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 to look at that or hear that voice from a different angle. I mean, it just put me in a position where I've never been before. It's really hard to articulate actually. Um, you know, after the event was over, um, I don't know, it was very symbolic for me. Um, I, you know, I kind of just wanted some alone time, some just thinking time. And I was standing up at the fire and um, I was looking at this, I was writing in this notebook and I, I was nervous and I was trying to keep my brain busy um, on the plane when I was flying out. So I had written everything down that I was kind of fearful of and what I was thinking about. And it was just an obnoxious mess, right? Of all the 
you know, Athena, you know, you're, you're going to stop, you know, a couple hours into this and I don't know what you're doing and it just went on and on and on. And, you know, here I am reading it in my tent after it's all said and done. And I'm like, this was the most ridiculous thing you have ever done to yourself. Like, why did you put yourself through this? And so, you know, like I burned it and, and for me standing at the fire and burning all that, everything that I had written down, you know, like I didn't even want to keep it not even for like documenting, oh, you know, I can look back in my journal someday. Like, no, I didn't even want to carry it with me. I didn't want it going home with me. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's really hard to articulate, but there was, there was just so many different lessons. Just some of them were so simple, you know, like um, when I'm feeling something or I'm um, like, or like how quickly I can make something out of a, you know, a molehill out of a, yep. out of nothing. Yep. And the, the shit that I create in my head and, you know, if I'm either some, sometimes it's more mental, sometimes it's like, oh, well, my finger hurts. Well, before you know it, it's like, oh my God, my finger's going to fall off, you know, <laughs> like how quickly it can escalate. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, there was, I could probably write a book on everything I walked away from there with. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the event was awesome. Mm-hmm. Feeling good now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I had like a delayed reaction after I got Ooh, back. It was like yeah. 10 days in and man, I got sick. Yeah. Sick. Like my body was just shutting down. Mm. It just shut down. So I was down for about five or six days. Finally started feeling better. Okay. Like last Thursday or Friday. And then it finally shook off, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was super cool. It was just super cool that you came and that you did it. And yeah. made, you were able to make it through the whole thing. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool to see. I would do it again. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think I do want to do it again. Yeah. I never, never thought I'd say that, but a week, I mean, I think that's the CrossFitter in me, right? Yeah. So a week I get, I get back and, and every part of me is like, I can't believe you did that way to go. Um, I don't ever want to do that again, but I learned a lot and yeah. that's great. And then a week later, I'm like, well, you know. I could have probably, you know, done this better, or, you know, next time when I do this, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have a totally different strategy and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. And yeah. here we are thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's you know? cool. How the whole, it changed from <laughs> like, why am I going here to, yeah. Oh, I want to do this again. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So shifting gears a little bit, uh-huh. let's talk a little bit about like your journey into CrossFit, how you found that, how you got into that and what that whole experience was like. Yeah. So, um, CrossFit, uh, I say is, is the best unfortunate accident that's ever happened to me. (laughs) Um, it it really was, um, just kind of, uh, uh, unexpected. Um, so I found CrossFit at a shortly after a time when, um, you know, I was close to 500 pounds. We don't, I I won't really ever know what it had gotten up to because conventional scales just don't go that high. And I had avoided the doctor's office like the plague because I was going through, um, the bariatric surgery process. You know, it's quite lengthy. You know, you have to go through all these psych evals and, you know, they have to make sure that you've really thought it through and blah, blah, blah. So it's like a 16 step process that you have to go through. And I, I thought that I had reached kind of like the, you know, the, the end of the road, it was either going to be that, or I was going to die. 
And the closer that the surgery date got, the more scared I was getting. And um, I spent Christmas, this was happening like over Christmas. And I spent that Christmas by myself because I had gotten too heavy to fly. I mean, I could have fit in the seat, but I couldn't figure out how I would get from my car down to the gate. Like that's how bad it had gotten. I just couldn't even think about walking that far. So I ended up staying home for Christmas that year. And um, I um, started watching a lot of videos and started, um, you know, listening to people's stories about having the surgery and things that had gone wrong. And, and um, they had showcased some people that had died from it. And I just got scared to death. Like, this can't be what you're doing. Like, you could die. And um, so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I know that it scared the crap out of me. And, and I thought there's got to be something else that I could do. So I canceled the surgery. And then two weeks later, I was meeting with, um, it was somebody I knew on social media. Um, I, I wouldn't call them a friend at the time. It was more of an acquaintance, but I kept seeing them get tagged all the time and they belong to this gym, you know, and I'd see little things on it. I don't know if I ever made the, you know, connected the dots, but um, I wasn't thinking CrossFit at that time. I was thinking, well, maybe this person that keeps tagging him, maybe this trainer could help me. Um, maybe she could help me like walk again. Like that's all, that, that was the only goal that I had at the time was just maybe I could get off the two canes and maybe I could walk without them. So my goals were pretty small, you yeah. know? Uh -huh. um, and so that's how it started. And we would train in the CrossFit gym. Well, you know what happens in a CrossFit gym? You go, right? People start seeing your face. Yeah. And they're like, why aren't you doing the group classes? Why aren't you doing this? Like, hey, you should join us for a boot camp. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, you guys have seen what I can do. You know, like, I can't yeah. do any of that. And they're like, no, no, you can totally scale it. You know, that was a word that I didn't, I didn't even know what it meant at the time, but I'm like, scale it. Okay. I have no idea what that means. But if that means like, Athena's not going to be able to do anything, well, maybe I can do nothing. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, like, oh. <laughs> So I thought they were crazy. Long story short, I thought they'd lost their minds. I thought it was the stupidest, like I'm going to get out there and look like a fool and fine. Maybe if I do that, then they'll shut up. Um, and then I came and, and did that first one and the rest is kind of history. I, I just kept coming back and it was hard in the beginning. And it went from like one or two boot camp classes to, you know, I was seeing progress and I think that's why I kept coming back. I mean, they were just little tiny things, but man, they, they added up, you know, like, um, I start, I don't remember how high the box was, but it's like the highest box that you can get. Right. And if you turn it upright, you're practically walking to the box and just kind of, you know, you might be sitting an inch down. Yeah. What is that? Like a 30 inch, right? Yep, yeah. <clears throat> well, that was the, that was the box that I was doing squats to. Like you can tell how, you know, yeah, uh -huh. how, how shallow they were, but it went from there to 
you know, then we dropped down to the 24 and then we were down to the 20. And I mean, it was stuff that I could see and it was progress that I could see. It was measure, well, that cliche, right? It was measurable. Yeah. And, and then I fell in love with the community and, and all the amazing things that why all of us love CrossFit happened. And I, I, that was, that's history. <laughs> yeah. So I got to stop you and take you back. <coughs> what was it like getting in there for the first time? Cause I could imagine that wasn't easy getting yourself to go to the gym for the first time. Oh, no, it wasn't easy because I didn't even have workout clothes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, what am I even going to wear? Um, and it just, I think, you know, the first couple of times, I think it was more frustration. Like, I couldn't see how any of it was going to transfer into something bigger. I, I couldn't see, like, how am I going to be able to put my hands on the wall and somehow turn that into a push-up one day. I just, I didn't have enough. If you've never done these activities in your life, you just can't see how all of it is going to go together. How can I, I'm barely sitting on a 30 inch box. How is one day that going to look like a squat where I'm actually getting to parallel or below? I, I just couldn't even, I couldn't imagine that. Mm -hmm. so um in the beginning it was just lack of my own imagination <laughs> yeah um but it was scary um I was always thinking I might hurt myself you know when you're that heavy you're not um balance is a problem you know yeah so I struggled with balance I struggled with just I struggled with all of that stuff so um it was I wish there was a better word than hard yeah it, it was it was hard um unimaginable hard in the beginning so yeah. you mentioned like having a short-term goal of being able to just walk again on your own mm -hmm. what was like the did you have a long-term goal at the time and like you said it was hard to see like you getting a push-up on the yeah. wall into a push-up like yeah how hard was it from where you're at to see that long-term goal you know, honestly, it didn't take that long. That's what's oh, shocking. Okay. It didn't take that long. Um, I went from walking into the box um, on my two canes that very first day. And then four and a half months later, um, I was already, I had already, um, like hired my own CrossFit coach for CrossFit. So I had gone all the way through like the boot camp and gotten myself acclimated. And then in that four and a half months got to a point where I was like, yeah, I think I could do CrossFit. Huh. So it didn't take that long um, to get to the point where I could see like, holy cow, I could see how these movements are going to, you know, when you piece this movement together with this movement, like, I could see it. Yeah. So, I mean, four and a half months, that's a, you know, that's uh -huh. a drop in the bucket. Yeah. No, for real. Honestly. Yeah. And then, so you get into CrossFit. Mm -hmm. What has the journey through CrossFit, fitness, health, all that been to this day from that point? Mm -hmm. 
I imagine oh, it was, wow. it's been a roller coaster. It has. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, it has been a wild roller coaster. So, you know, I thought, you know, and I say it all the time, but in the beginning, I thought the journey would be linear. I thought it would be this slow, steady progress until I reached my goal. And I wasn't thinking anything outside of that. I'm just going to keep on going till I get to my goal. And I was really super focused on getting to my goal, getting my goal, you know, getting down to my goal weight. And I, I didn't take into consideration um, that life might happen. Mm, yeah. Something might come up. So, so what happened was after a year of CrossFit, I was down, um, Oh, I think I was like at the 180 or 190 mark. I think when CrossFit had come to film the first part, you know, like did the initial journal story. Yeah. The ones that most people know. Um, and I mean, it was kind of a high from there. I mean, it was just nonstop go, go, go for like the next three months. When that journal story hit, it was like my life as I knew it changed forever. Um, never, I mean, it literally put into motion a life that I could not have imagined. Um, so the, it was the journal story. And then um, Savon had me out to do the podcast. So then there was that that came out. And then a couple months later, um, we're doing the level two out in Aromas and I mean, the level one, sorry. Um, and then there was that whole experience. And then I get back and then there's the CrossFit game. So I'm out at the games and all these exciting things are happening. And then, um, um, that same summer I started writing the book and it was just, it was just magnetic, you know, the energy, the, um, everything. Yeah. And then, sorry. Huh? Sorry. Yeah, no, gonna... go ahead. I was just wondering because it was you were on such a high for such a long yeah. time. Yeah. How do you think you handled that at the time? I did not handle it well at all. Um, I mean, you're you're talking about someone that um I don't know. I <laughs> oh uh okay, so let me let me back up. So when the journal story hit, um I went from you know, two or three pieces of email junk daily and minus, you know, stuff that I was doing for work to literally like hundreds and thousands of emails a week. And I panicked um, because every part of me wanted to write every single person back. And I wanted to respond to every single person that was reaching out on Facebook and Instagram. And I felt this incredible sense of obligation like wow if people are going to take the time to do that how could i just ignore them that would be so rude you know yeah so i was spending like every night every free hour that i had in between like meetings for work and i was i was writing people back lunch hour after work before work and i crashed and it, and it wasn't just it wasn't just writing people back. It was the content of what I was getting in the emails. They're like, Athena, you're our hero. And they were just saying all these amazing things. And I wasn't comfortable with the words. You know, I wasn't comfortable being called a hero. I felt so undeserving of that. Why is um, that? I don't know. I... 
I mean, you're talking about somebody that spent the better part of their life alone. I never had a lot of friends. I never had, you know, being, being the heaviest person in the room tends to do that, you know? Um, and I don't know why I felt that way. I just did, you know, like I felt like I was doing something that anybody could do. Um, I looked at it like it wasn't anything magical. It was literally just uh, consistency is all it was. That's it. So and that's to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Because that's all it ever is, really. That's all it ever consistency. was. Yeah. It's like in anything. It's like who mm-hmm. can be the most consistent and the most driven <laughs> towards something and just not. Yeah. Stop. It's crazy. I th- yeah. And, and I think that the way that they were responding, it was setting me up to, well, it did two things, right? It was putting me up on some kind of pedestal where I didn't feel like I belonged there because anybody could do the same thing that I was doing if they were consistent every day, that's all it was. And so there was that part. And then the other part was, um, it was putting me in a place where I wasn't comfortable because the inevitable happened. Right. And that was, what happens if I suddenly wasn't doing as well, or if I wasn't making steady progress. Now all of a sudden you're cast into a position where people are watching you, your followings are growing, right? Now all of a sudden people are watching you, you're out there in front. And initially that was a place where I was not comfortable at all. It just, I didn't, um, I just didn't handle it well. It's it weird. Right? Me out. It's got to be yeah. weird. You go from it yeah, was weird. one extreme to the next. Mm-hmm. Like it, that. It, it, well put. I think you, you, I, yeah, you verbiaged that really well. It was one extreme to the, to the another. And I had no time to prepare for that. You know, and I always thought, you know, maybe some people like that. You know, they like people when you walk into a gym, right? And everybody comes running over. Oh my gosh, I saw you on the, blah, blah, blah. you know, that would happen a couple of times. And suddenly I was uncomfortable and I would look for the nearest door and I'm like, I want out of here because I never knew what to say. Yeah. Cause what do you say? I did. I, yeah. It's just it. You know, like I, it was overwhelming. And, and then, um, I felt, uh, I felt bad, um, because I wasn't, I didn't feel equipped to handle a lot of the mail and letters and stuff that I was getting. There was a lot of people that were reaching out that had eating disorders and you name it all kinds of, um, you know, their reasons for putting on weight. And I felt so unqualified to be given advice, um, like I can't give people advice to somebody that's had an eating disorder. I think anybody that's that gets to 500 pounds is going to have disordered eating of some kind, but that doesn't mean it's an eating disorder. Gotcha. Like a clinical eating disorder. Yeah. And it's it's hard too because everybody everybody always asks for the advice when you like have done something like that. Mm-hmm. But like every case is different. There's no like it's like yeah. everything. There's no one diet fits all. There's no one workout program right? fits all. It's always right everyone's different Um, it has different needs totally different you know like there are thousands because everybody's story is unique there's there's a million ways to get heavy and no two are the same so to that was where i always i always felt like i was so unprepared 
So I don't know how to give advice when there's a million reasons why people get there. There is no one size fits all solution, you know, and it used to drive me crazy when I would hear um, some of, you know, some popular coaches within CrossFit and their, their magical advice would be, well, you just got to put the fork down. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, well, gosh, man, I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that. So anyway, so yeah, it was, it was, it was really, really wild. And then I think like the kind of like the cherry, I think that that moment where I knew that like, it was going in a direction like, ooh, was I had gotten invited to, to do team series and super cool, right? Adventure of a lifetime. I fly back out to California. This was in the fall of 18 and I was terrified and I didn't, I felt like I had lied the whole weekend because they kept saying, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? Um, when in reality, like I wasn't okay you know, like I had a really hard time getting used to the cameras and, uh, you know, it really gave me high anxiety. But on top of that, um, the legs had gotten so bad that I was trying to hold back tears in front of all these cameras that were filming this live event. Your knees, you're talking about your knees. Yeah. And they had just gotten to a point where they like, they'd had enough and I wasn't ready to, to hang it up, but it was, it was the funnest and the most painful event I've ever been through is because I was, I was trying not to cry the entire time because it hurts so bad. So did you think like, if you would have, you would have been, I don't know about letting all those people down, but something along those lines of letting everyone, all those people down if you would have like come out of the event or why were you trying so hard to hide your pain? Um, I think a lot of it had to do it with, like, I knew what was coming. Like I knew that saying yes to surgery was just getting to the point where you have to be real with like the condition of how degraded they were. Um, it's gotta be hard I, though. Right. Cause you knew that going into surgery, you'd be out for a little bit. I'd be out. Time. And that, that was really like, how do you go from being like, you know, you're the, you know, you're the, you're the weight loss superstar to, um, I knew I was, it, all of it was going to stop. All of it would cease. And I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want I didn't want to have to sit in a chair. Like I couldn't, like, I hope I don't make myself cry right now. I couldn't even imagine it. And then there was something else that had happened too. And that was, um, I think I had gotten, and, and of course you don't know it at the time, right? Everything is so much easier in hindsight. Yep. But I didn't realize how, my story became my identity. Part of that was created by the community. Part of it was something that I allowed, right? And I got too close to my own story. So when I had to make the decision, like, okay, this is going to have to be something that I do. And I know that I'm going to be out for a while. um, I felt like I had lost my identity. Yeah, that's an interesting point. 
and I know we've mm-hmm. talked about this before, but yeah, like your identity and letting like because life's life is I don't know it can be long, but you know think about life it's long, <laughs> <laughs> and like you're not always gonna be the same person. So it's like how hard you lean into how you are when you're mm-hmm. fifteen, whatever it is in high school. Then when you're like thirty. You know, like if you try to hold on to this identity that you are at one point, like you're just going to drive yourself crazy and you're always going to be in this constant cycle of trying to live up to who you were. Yeah. Someone you're not anymore. It's just, it's uh-huh. like, it's a crazy thing. Cause you're like, Oh, like just, you know, be yourself. But then you lean too hard into one thing or the other. And next thing you know, it's like that kind of situation where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't really value like this anymore, but I'm still trying to be that person. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that was my life 24 seven. Right. Yeah. So when I, um, when, when oops, sorry about that. <laughs> I forgot sorry. to put my phone on mute. <laughs> um, when I made the decision to say, okay. And I said, yes. And they put that, um, those surgery dates on the calendar. It was like, from then on life stopped and Everything I knew, um, everything to that point, how I learned how to combat, like, um, you know, I used CrossFit to treat the obesity. Like, that's what I, that's what I learned how to use to make myself better whenever I was feeling bad or whenever I got the inkling to like, to, to jump off the wagon, you know, I would go work out and that had become my safety net and when I suddenly didn't have that anymore, it felt like I had lost everything. I lost control. I lost, you know, everything stopped. Life stopped. And then I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to become this huge walking disappointment to my community because they believed in me and, you know, they followed me and they were rooting for me. And then all of a sudden, you know, she loses all this weight. And then guess what happened? She started putting it back on again. And that's what happened after, after surgery. In- you go from, you know, I went from, you know, being a five day a week CrossFitter and being on the ride of my life to like, I was sitting in a chair and yeah. that's all I could do, mm-hmm. you know, 11 months. Some of that was just no activity. And then, you know, the other part was just wallowing in self-pity, you know? Yeah. So how much of that pressure was more outside pressure, like you're saying, from that community? And like, how much was it coming from yourself? Like, was it way more, what are they going to think about me? Or is it more of like, what is I going to think about me? Um, You know, interesting enough, this is one of the things that I tied to the event after looking at how all that shook down. Um, I wasn't getting pressure from the community at all. In fact, it was, it was to the contrary. They were like, Oh, Athena, if you, you know, like you put on a little weight, like, I don't think that there's a single person out there that wouldn't understand why you suddenly started putting Mm -hmm. on weight. You, you went from being active to not being active at all. Like it was bound to happen, but that that reasoning wasn't I was the one that was not okay with it I was the one that was embarrassed that I would ever let a pound come back on it didn't matter the reason like I wasn't willing to cut myself a break I said that I would never let a pound come back on and that was not reasonable 
And yeah, was that, do you think that was more because of yourself or the expectation mm-hmm. that you had? It was, it was a hundred percent me. Yeah. It was all me. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So part of, you know, when you asked earlier, you know, like, why did you do the event? I think, I think part of it too, is just trying to figure out a way to let that time go, you know, like, okay. Um, you know, I just had to bust my ass for the last 10 months to get within, you know, like grasp distance of where I was just so that I could pick up where I left off. And it's been a very humbling, um, it sucked. And how long was that from event to surgery? Yeah. Um, a year. Well, so like from when I did the event to the, so there was two, well, there was three different surgeries. There was, okay. There was the first knee replacement. And then during that same one, um, they had to, they were doing a, um, it was called blouse correction. So you could probably like look on my Instagram, but my leg used to bow really bad. And, um, I mean, I've had it since I was a kid, it just progressively got worse and worse and worse. And that's what happens. Um, the weight was exacerbating an already condition that I was born with Gotcha. and it just made it worse. So that the, the leg was like on a 45 degree tilt. Oh, geez. So when they went in to do the knee replacement, they fixed that and how they had to fix it was they had to cut the femur and the tibia to straighten it out. So they took a little bit of off the top and they took a little off the bottom Oh wow! and they, you know, fused it together and bingo. Now the leg is straight again. So that was, that was a two part. And then three months later was surgery number two or three. And that was to do the other leg. So from the time that I walked out of the hospital to the time I did the event was a year and five months. Wow. Yeah. So not that long at all. No, not uh, that long. All considering, long. no. Wow. Yeah. So when you talk about like this roller coaster, right? Like I don't know what I was thinking. I thought <laughs> some of this. I just some of this. Some of this. Yeah. I literally look back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm going to talk about this out loud because yeah. I was so stupid. But I thought. I thought I was going to have surgery. I was going to walk out. I was going to do the six to eight weeks of freaking physical therapy. And then I would be back in CrossFit again. That is not what happened. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) What happened? Um, well, um, you just, you kind of go through all the things, right? There was a lot of unexpected things that happened because of that. And I knew the risks when I had it done. And when they start cutting into all your, your tendons and all of your, you know, all the things, all those important things around your knee and the muscles, all of that stuff. Um, they said that there's a good chance that it might not come back. And I was like, that's not going to be me. But of course I get out of surgery number two and the leg wasn't responding at all. Wow. And you know, when everybody is able to at least pick their leg up and the muscle groups are starting to fire again, it wasn't happening. And it took, it was um, probably the better part of two months. Like they even said at one of my appointments or like Athena, it might not come back. So for a better part of a month, 
um, you know, like I was in tears every single day, like, oh my gosh, I, I just, it's not going to come back. Yeah, that's and crazy. I've lost the ability to like move my leg on my own. And I was convinced that because of how much time had gone by the doctors, I mean, I could see it on their face. They were worried. They were like, um, it was a risk. And we knew that. And I was like, holy crap. Like, it's like, this is like, this is it. It's over. <laughs> Never going to be able to do CrossFit again. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's heavy. Mm-hmm. It was. But, you know, it was just a, you know, the leg was a slow learner as they, (laughs) um, you know, after a couple of months, it finally came back, but it took a long time and it Mm -hmm. it was a very scary time. So, yeah. So you get out of all that and, and then, um, you know, it took months to be able to just be comfortable enough to walk down to the mailbox. And here we are, right. Um, you come out of the, the, the neck surgery and you're coming into the fall and I live in Minnesota, right? You know what the winters here look like. So then you have to go through yeah, all of that. They're, like you're, they're brutal. You're, they're brutal. <laughs> and you're having to learn how to walk again. You're having to learn how to do all these things again in, in ice and snow. And yep. I just wasn't prepared for the, for the ridiculous amount of challenges that I had. I just was sorely unprepared so yeah um, that's a lot that's a lot though that's a lot to overcome Mm -hmm. so when I got back into CrossFit again um you know my CrossFit brain went back into it and I'm like all right um you know gonna get on the rower and I that very first workout um when I was back in the building you know um and I was still I had a walking cane here we are back on the canes again, right? Yep, I thought yep. that was over. And um, I thought it was going to be, you know, here we go. We got the rower. We have this, we have this. And then, um, and then uh, this, like what I call like second reality hit where I realized that I couldn't do these things anymore. I didn't, because the bowing on the leg had been there for so long. That's how I learned CrossFit was on my old legs. Now I had to learn how to do them all over again with new legs and the, the brain wasn't firing down the legs. So you had to learn all those muscle movements all over again. That's a crazy concept to wrap your head around. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what is, yeah, that's just crazy. Like Mm. relearn how to do something that you've known how to do for your whole life. Yeah. Well, I didn't know how to do it for my whole life. Right. But, but I, but I was like, yeah, I got it in the bag. Yeah, I didn't. Didn't have it in the bag. <laughs> didn't have it in the bag. Yeah, God had other plans. So, um, yeah, so it, it has been uh, the, the roller coaster of my life. But here we are. Um, it took, and, and, and it wasn't just like, it wasn't just the body too. Like um, having to go through like, um, it messes up your entire system. Your hormones get all messed up. Your, I mean, it takes your body through like this crazy, you know, roller coaster. it took, it, yeah, yeah, it took months and months and months and months just for the body to start mm-hmm. responding again to where it would be okay being in the deficit again. Like it didn't yeah. want to lose weight mm-hmm. at all for nine months. Wow. Yeah. It didn't give me anything. So yeah, I had to work, had to work through that. So it's just been, it's just been yeah. one thing after another, yeah. but, 
but I've learned. Yeah, no, for sure. Been through a lot, Some like crazy, a lot crazy of stuff. Yeah, wild journey. Mm-hmm. But so you you alluded to this earlier, but we kind of yeah. skipped over it. You mentioned writing a book. Yeah. Where was what is that about? Like, where did the inspiration come from? And then why did you decide to just dive in and do it? You know, I I call that first book a god thing because I think it was just something that I was supposed to do. And I knew it when I, it was just something that I knew when I started writing it. Like I, I felt like it was kind of divinely inspired and, and um, something I felt like I needed to just do. Um, and I had, I had, I had amazing help. Um, there's some really good, uh, team ups in there, you know, Ro Rory was one of them. Tasia was one of them. I, I had the opportunity to work with some really amazing, awesome people to help with that book. Greg Amundsen was my publisher and he was the one that wrote the forward. So, um, it was just a really, it was an amazing thing. And here I was thinking like, Oh, I'm just going to write just this one. And then of course I get done with the first one. I'm like, I could probably do it. Number two. Yeah. Yeah, like I never thought I'd want to do that again either because just the experience that you go through. I heard you were writing a book actually. Who told you that? A little birdie. (laughs) (laughs) Working on it. it. A little birdie told me you might be writing a book. But like you go through some, I guess it just depends on what kind of book it is, right? But for me, like you're, I was telling my story about what had happened to me and everything that I had to go through. So it was very, I didn't realize until I started writing the book that there, there was a lot of things that I thought that I was over that I wasn't. Yeah. Cause you got to go back and you got to process mm-hmm. all that. Right. And think about yeah, it. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. kind of relive it. Yeah. That's crazy yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. But that's, that's cool that you were able to like identify that. Yeah. So, um, I had to go through like a lot of lessons there, just getting the book out and, going through like, am I over this? Am I just indifferent? You know, have I forgiven these people? You go through the whole gamut, you know? But yeah, you're reliving it because you're writing it. And Mm -hmm. every day was like this emotional, like, oh, you know, I need to put it down for today because some of it was just so heavy. Yeah. And then how, how did you feel once it was done, published and out there for the world to read? Like, what was that Um, feeling like of like, mm -hmm. hey, I just wrote a book? Oh, wow. So right before the right before the book was scheduled to be published, you know, like we had our publishing date. Yeah, it was going to kind of go out to the world. And people had been hearing about the book for a while. So I knew that, you know, people were waiting for it. They were looking forward to it. And um. I think that this is the best way to explain it. I, I don't think I'd ever felt so naked in my life. Okay. Um, you know, when you, when you put stuff out there, you know, like you don't get to take it back, Yeah. you know, like uh-huh. you, you're <laughs> yep. making a decision to write about these things and tell the world that you went through these things and there was a part of me that it was very therapeutic, but that, that then there was this other part that was very scared that, that I would let so many people into parts of my story that I never even told my family. Um, yeah. So that part of it was 
um, like I was scared when my mom read my book because there was things in there that she didn't know. And my, you know, my siblings, (laughs) you know, I remember the morning, uh, one morning I, I had gotten a text from my sister and she was like, what? That's what the text said, you know, like, Athena, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, uh-huh. and yep. then, but but I knew that. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it it's very liberating, but it can be very scary at the same time, especially if the content is very personal. Yeah, I can imagine for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the second one. Yeah. What are you, is that in the works? Yes. What is that going to be about? Like the to this point, like from mm-hmm. when you ended that one to this point? Kinda. Okay. Yeah. Um, slightly different, you know, like the first book I feel really focused on, um, it was really talking about the mental side of it. Okay. It was really like all the, all of the stuff that I kind of had to work through in my mind, my heart, just to get to the point where I could walk into a box and say I'm ready to attack the physical side it was funny because I didn't know when I published the first book and I got done with where I thought a good stopping point for book number one was at that time I never I never thought the physical side of the journey was going to be as hard as it's been like I thought, okay, you, you've lost over 200. The rest is going to be, you've got a hundred pounds to go, you know, you got this and it's going to, you know, you're in six months, you're going to have it off and boom, 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 boom. I didn't realize that this was actually going to be the side of it that I would learn the most. I learned a lot on the first one, but not a fraction of what I've learned on this round. So the wow. second book really kind of focuses on the day to day, Um, I think it's a little bit more, um, I think it's a little more edgier than the first one. The first one was, I kind of just dedicated to God and I did what I felt like I promised I would do. And the second one was more like, all right, (laughs) now we're going to start talking about some of the things that I want to talk about. Okay. And uh, you know, there's a gritty side of everything. Um, there's realities when you are a bigger person in a very fit world and that's just reality. And so there's some challenges that come along with that. And and there's just, there's life stuff that is, is hard when you're, when you're bigger. And what's it, what's the book called? The the first one? Yeah. So the first one was called lifting the weight W A I T. And the second book is called weightless. Cool. When do you have a date for the second one yet? You know, I don't because I'm kind of taking this, like I learned something when I wrote the first book. And one of the things that I learned was um, unnecessary expectations or, you know, like I, I, I didn't want to do that to myself again. And I, I pushed myself to the edge almost when I was putting this book out because I set all these dates and then I was like, Oh my gosh, well, if I, I don't keep my dates. I'm going to get all stressed out. And I didn't want to do that on this one. I was like, well, this one will come out when it'll be ready when it's ready. Just kind of let it happen. Well, yeah. Or just kind of like a little more natural. It, yeah. I think this one's a little bit more natural. The first one was easier just because easier as far as time, because it was like, well, if you, you, 
stop it at a certain time, you're, the things are not evolving real time. And I think that's where this one's a little bit different. It's kind of evolving real time. Gotcha. I think that's cool. Yeah. It'd be a really cool so perspective. I'm just kind of, yeah, just yeah. kind of letting it evolve. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So can we talk a little bit about what you've done? You've done some yeah. work in the CrossFit space and more specifically mm-hmm. like with Noble. Can you kind of yeah. talk about that and what that has been and how what that's been like? Yeah. So... <laughs> it's funny how that, <laughs> you know, I have to laugh because it's funny how it, it's kind of gotten coined that. So Athena, can you tell me about this whole noble thing? It's <laughs> just kind of funny how, um, yeah. the noble thing has evolved. Yeah, um, yeah. well, I heard that uh, Tosh told me that first before you, you ever told me about that. So yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you say that it always comes up. Uh-huh. The noble thing. I, I get asked that a lot. Hey, Dean, tell me about this noble thing. The noble thing. thing. Oh, yeah. Really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, evolution, right? Everything kind of evolves um, and things have kind of taken on a mind of its own. But how it started was, um, Golly, what were the, what's the kind of the foundation of this story? So last summer, uh, I was on a podcast um, by a notable level four coach in the CrossFit space. And, um, you know, he said something that I don't, I honestly don't hold it against him even now because I understand. I think I understand where it came from. Um, But at the same time, I was still shocked that he said it out loud. Um, And it wasn't so much. It was something that I took and uh, how do I explain this without, um, you know, without dropping him. Um, Without dropping him. Because that's not my goal either. That's a great way to put it though. (laughs) It's funny. So... (laughs) Like, how do I do this as respectfully as I can? Um, he said something about how the conversation started was we were talking about um, the CrossFit games. And that is how I met this person. That's where we had our first introduction was at the games. And he had, the first thing that 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 he said was, I was, you know, when, when we first met, I think you were just starting out on your journey. And again, that was kind of a fork to my side because at the point that I had met him, I had already lost 200 pounds. Oh, wow. So again, he just forgot. And it it wasn't like he had to have known, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, just because you meet someone and they appear heavy, like you don't have any idea where they're coming from. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you can't look at, yeah, you can't look at somebody and make an assumption about what their journey looks like just because of what they look like today. It's, it's what I face in the CrossFit community every single day for me, even right now. Um, so anyway, so he said that, and then he doubled down, continued, and then he started talking about how surprised he was when he would see overweight people at the CrossFit games. And I think I responded the way I did more out of shock. I just don't think that I was witty enough because I was having a hard time understanding why he just said what he said. Yeah. 
So everybody is always like, oh, well, you handled it so gracefully. I'm like, look, I had no idea what to say. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of caught me off guard. Yep. What happened? Let's be real. But um, it wasn't that comment. I think it was three years by that point, three years of comments, three years of years of, of hearing other people's stories. You know, um, I think I just, I'd had enough is what happened. And, um, you know, overweight people in CrossFit, there's, you know, we get a lot of microaggressions that people will say doesn't exist. Well, it's bullshit because it does. And, um, you know, being an overweight person, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's not okay to make fun of someone or to say something if they're a different color. We all know that's not right. Right. Yeah. But as an overweight person, it's still okay to make fun of somebody that's overweight and nobody says a thing and it's okay. And it, it, it shouldn't be okay at all. And the, we belong page kind of was born out of this conversation. It wasn't this conversation. It just happened to be that conversation. It just happened on the right time on the right day. And I think I'd heard enough and it's the same stuff that the whole, you know, like the community has been talking about for years, you know, not being able to get, um, you know, CrossFit or, you know, apparel stops at a size where it's not even made to fit what we would consider the average size woman in America. And so it's just little stuff like that where people want to feel like they belong and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's kind of how this whole noble thing started. It started on the We like Belong page. Noble. But like noble. Yeah. Like noble. It's just like extra emphasis on the noble part. <laughs> uh, you know, I laugh about it fondly now, but yeah. I, I don't even know. Like, how did this shit start? So, um, I, I wanted to see more people in CrossFit and, um, a lot of the, a lot of the stories that were coming in on the We Belong page were things that I have experienced myself. And it's like, how do you talk about it without, um, without giving people the impression that it is a victim mentality? That's not what it is. What you're trying to do is you're trying to share this happens. It's real. I want people to know about it so that that behavior can change so that we can grow CrossFit so that this particular demographic is something that you will see more and more and more because we're normalizing that it's okay for people to want to come change their life, you know? Mm -hmm. So part of being able to change your life is feeling like you belong. And the t-shirt was one tiny little thing. It just, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny piece, right? But it exploded into a very big thing. And I didn't realize, even for me, I didn't realize what it meant to so many people that it is a big deal. You want to be able to wear a CrossFit shirt or, or a brand just like everybody else. You want to go to CrossFit and be like your friends. You want to feel like it's your tribe, your, your community, your family. Well, you can't feel that way if you're always feeling like you're the odd man out. It's kind of like, you know, 
it's kind of like always feeling like the third wheel, right? Everybody shows up for partner <laughs> days and, and everybody's wearing yeah. the matching shirts. Well, there's always, you know, there's always going to be that heavier person that didn't get a shirt because, well, they don't make them or the box owner didn't think about ordering them in a bigger size or whatever that is. And those little, those little circumstances are, are those little things that, that make it very hard for somebody to be different. And what yeah. I was trying to do is bridge the gap. If this, if this is something so simple, at least when it started, this is a t-shirt. It's the, it's the easiest thing in the world to manufacture. How can we put this issue to bed once and for all? Like, can we just make a larger range of CrossFit shirts available? Like this seems like a very easy solution, but let me tell you, it has not been. I've gotten, it just feels like I get um, static and friction every, everywhere I turn. It has yeah. not been uh, a popular topic. Well, you're definitely opening my eyes right now because I? I've never, like I, you always think about like CrossFit's for everyone bringing yeah. like, yeah, we want all these people. Like my, one of my favorite things is like seeing the journey mm -hmm. from that point, like losing the weight, getting in shape, you know, changing your whole life around. But like, I never thought of, okay, so like say I invite that person, I want them to come to the gym mm -hmm. and they're like, they come in for a week and like, okay, look at these people are like wearing this stuff. It's cool. Like it's the CrossFit stuff. And you go yeah. like, like, yeah, like I want to like fit in with the group, like you said. Mm -hmm. And like when you can't even get it, like I never even thought of that. Yeah. Like what that's like when you can't, because that uh, happens to everybody. You come to CrossFit for a week and then you get into all like the, the you do stuff you buy like in right like the, I feel like that buy in and again I it's hard because some people just don't get it but I mean I'd sure, never thought of it until you said yeah, it which is mm -mm. crazy it's, it's just one tiny little piece like you buy in you know you buy the nanos yep. you buy the you go out and you CrossFit deck yourself out yeah. because that's part of the experience. It's like, right? an, like it's an identity in a way. It is. Like you go out it is not at a gym and you see it and you know it like right away. Yeah, exactly. I, I like CrossFit. I mean, this is something that the community should actually take as a compliment. Like it's a, it's a, it comes with such a level of pride. For sure. That someone would want to be like, hey, I want that. And I want to go tell all my friends and family about it. It's not a brand that they're talking about. It's the experience that they're having and the changes that they're seeing that they're changing their lives is what they're excited to talk about. The shirt just happens to be a representation of everything they're feeling. And they want to share that with other people. Yeah. Exactly. And they want to feel like they belong there just as much as anybody else. Yeah. So the question is, you know, like why, why is there such static? I don't know. I wish yeah. I knew the, the magic answer. And it's funny because I was on a podcast on Saturday night and um, I feel like I got a little bit more visibility into where that, you know, that, that heel digging in is coming from. And there's a lot of people within the CrossFit space that feels, well, Athena, you need to stop this shit right now because you're trying, what you're doing is you're normalizing these bigger sizes. Mm. We can't, you know, I'm not comfortable normalizing that it's okay to be this size. And I'm like, what are you saying? You know, like, and you know, again, you know, like, I'm glad that they're, that they're telling me this feedback. Cause I need to know where the, like, where does this keep getting stuck? 
it's a t-shirt for the love of Mary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. why is this such an issue? Uh-huh. Because the whole, the whole purpose, right? The heart of it is to grow CrossFit. Like, no, there's nothing but good for this. Yeah. It's a damn t-shirt really. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so they, they believed it was, it was going to cause more harm because we're normalizing the plus sizes. And my response to him was, you know, like essentially plus sizes are already here. You're talking to people that have already been wearing plus sizes. Those sizes are very normal for them. You know, you're like, you're a little late to the party, pal. Don't you think they're already here? Yeah. So no. So I, I just basically said to him, you know, my response was, I'm not trying to normalize the plus sizes. I'm trying to normalize meeting people where they're at. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So last thing before you go. Yeah. So you are here today as you are. Yeah. yeah. Where, despite everything, everything that you've mm-hmm. gone through and all that, yeah. what, are the, what are some goals for the future? Like, where are you going from here? Um, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, I say this with, with a big smile on my face because, um, I, I don't know if I, I could have created my path even four years ago. I look at my life now and it's night and day. Um, I, I feel like part of my future is something that's evolving by the month and, you know, every experience that I have um, you know, the classes that I took getting my level two, it kind of just c- continues to open, um, ideas and opportunities. And, um, you know, just over the last year, you know, I, I definitely found that, um, area and that, and the, and the type of people, um, that I love working with and I love advocating for. And that is people that, you know, are starting out, um, with a very similar journey where I started, where they have hundreds of pounds to lose. And, um, you know, that future doesn't look very bright, but, um, you know, that's, I, I want CrossFit to, to get to a point where, where, you know, when we walk in the door, we see the same demographics that we would see in America, 50% of America's obese. And I, I want to be able to walk into a CrossFit gym and see that 50% are there changing their lives. And I, I don't know what that future looks like, but I want to help make it happen. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so it's it's just kind of evolving and I'm just kind yeah. of letting it no, that's <laughs> where, super powerful. Wherever really it goes, cool. you know. So yeah, I, I mean I hope we can get there too. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Think about the impact you'd have, the ripple effect on the rest of the world. You know, it'd like, be unbelievable. Yeah. I I I want it to get to a point where, you know, CrossFit and nutrition and mental health, these things are what doctors are prescribing for people to get healthy, not, not bariatric surgery, not, you know, this is a, it's, yeah, this is a recipe that works. And I would, I just want to see that continue to, to happen. And however I can help make that happen. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that's yeah. a great spot to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Athena, where can people yeah. find you? Where can people find your book? <laughs> yep. Some updates. You said you're not sure about the second one yet. So when that's going to come yeah, out. Yeah. But... Yeah. 
we'll share little tidbits about the second one as it kind of evolves a little bit further, cool. but, cool. um, lifting the weight can be found on, uh, Amazon. It can be found at Barnes and Noble. Um, it's on audible. So, and I did, uh, I did narrate it. So, oh, cool. uh, yeah, that was yeah, an exciting awesome. thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can find me on Instagram at Athena Marie B is in boy T is in Tom. And, um, yeah, I'm on the gram. I'm on Facebook. So sweet. Yeah. Well, Athena, thanks a lot for joining me today. This is fun. Thank you. Yeah. I had a blast. And I'm glad we got to meet in person too. I know. Me too. So. Me too. It was so cool, man. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you everyone for listening today. And I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you got anything out of this episode today, then please share with your friends or anyone that you think would find this episode valuable. You can find us on Instagram at Project Warman. Thank you for tuning in today and have a great day.